0: This is the I went down to the river podcast. I'm Dan Walton, and I will sit down with fellow alums and talk about what it meant to be a part of the Hawkin football program and wear the wings. We share stories of friendship, memorable games, funny moments, and how football made us who we are. You don't need to be on a bus for these tangs. Now let's go down to the river. Today's guest was a two-way starter in the trenches at guard and nose tackle during a senior year where he was both a captain and the recipient of the Old Board Award. In the winter seasons, he was a part of the wrestling program. He's jersey number 73 on the roster and is a class of 95 grad. Please welcome Kevin Gillespie on this trip down to the river. Kev, what's going on?
1: Not much, man. How about you?
0: I am doing well. It is good to hear your voice. It's good to uh, catch up here before we pressed record and started. And uh, I'm looking forward to some of these memories about these shared experiences because you were one year ahead of me. So we definitely have a good overlap as far as some of the games we'll be talking about and focusing on here. So if you would go ahead and start us off and talk about your first memory within the Hawkin football program.
1: Well, my first one um, is in you know, 87, which was my fifth grade year, first year when I was at Hawking and right away, you know, I unbelievable team, you know, in my mind, you know, we had like the best football team in the States and at that age, you don't know of anything else. You don't know that Ignatius exists, St. Ed's or anybody else. You just know that the school that you just started is about to play in the state championship. And, you know, you heard of this guy, OJ, McDuffie and it's funny to this day my son actually has a, a little plaque and stack of OJ McDuffie cards. I love he it. He likes them, he doesn't even know why.
0: Yeah, that's awesome because dad liked them. <laughs> exactly.
1: So in fact, I don't know if you can even see the face on the light.
0: Yeah, I can. All right. in that twenty four for the Penn State Nittany lines there. That's cool.
1: I mean it kind of an early, you know, started hawk and I kind of fell in love with the football program. Um, could not wait for seventh grade to come in which we can play and just uh, all my friends, everybody was playing. It was fantastic.
0: So what was that like starting up in that middle school program?
1: It, it was it was it was really cool because i had never played organized football. So seventh grade year was the first year that I had. And for the most part, that was the same experience that the other guys had. And it was kind of fun to finally at that age play like an organized sport with your friends. You know, we always goofed around, whether we was on the blacktop or wherever at the middle school, but you never, never anything organized. So yeah. I remember, I believe it was Dave Code. and
0: Yeah, Coach Code.
1: Yeah. So, and it, it's funny. He's the one that was, you know, my first coach. And I, I always remember him.
0: Yeah, that was a challenge because we didn't really have a youth sports program down at the Lynnhurst campus. The kids that played football prior to that seventh grade year We're just playing within their community schools. So if a kid lived in Orange and played for the Orange Lions program, that was the only way one of your teammates had sort of a head start or an earlier start in organized football. But for the majority of us, we were all starting in that seventh grade year.
1: And I I still, as I was getting ready for this podcast, I still remember Josh, Harold and myself competing to be the first ones to practice. And we literally would be halfway dressed in our last class just so we could get out to the field first.
0: I was talking to someone else about this and it was almost criminal what the, the amount of practice time we had for that middle school team, because we had no time at the end of school to get dressed, get out there and try to get 40 minutes in before you, right. had to, <laughs> before you had to go back in and get changed to catch a bus or catch your ride. I mean, it was incredible it was insane to think that you could put together a football team and have an offense and defense installed in that short of time.
1: Yep. Yeah. And you knew that the other schools, you know, they had way more time because the kids were all local. We were getting busted all over the place.
0: Yeah, that is true. So, that was your first middle school memory. How about uh, as you move on up to the high school and the varsity program, do you have a sort of a early freshman or sophomore uh, memory that sort of sticks out to you
1: there there's two two or three that stand out from freshman year one was uh rod VC was the freshman football coach <laughs> yeah and rod came from shark he came he was very intense um it, it was a different mentality and i'll never forget freshman year against us hey guys we're gonna let these guys know that we're there <laughs> I want you to just everybody the entire line blast off the ball, just hit these guys. Just everybody jump off sides. And they end up destroying us. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh my they, like, they just they just destroyed us. But we at least started off strong and tried to intimidate them.
0: Interesting plan of attack there, uh, Coach BC. Uh and Christie was John Christie was the uh, defensive coach on that uh two-man staff, correct?
1: I think so, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think okay. he kind
1: of followed us up there.
0: Yeah, for sure. Right. So that takes us from uh, fifth grader in 87 up until that seventh grader starting up in the middle school program. And then those early impressionable uh, freshman year. Uh, we'll get into your later junior and senior experience. But let, let's for a moment think about that high school career within the Hawken program. What is it about those shared experiences of being on a football team that uh, lead to such a bond? among your classmates and your teammates?
1: Well, there was a couple of things. First, the size of the team. It's not like we were 80, 90 kids and you barely knew each other. Everybody knew each other. You know, there was a couple of kids that came on board um, in high school that weren't there for middle school, but we all knew each other. We all hung out with each other after practice. We all hung out with each other on the weekends. It, it just, we were together all the time. I mean, gosh, you know, Blake's parents got sick of us. We were at their house so much. It was out of control. But we yep. were always together.
0: Yeah, the Kleinman household did have a couple of uh, extra sons during the, especially during the football season.
1: Correct. <laughs> Them and our uh, senior year Jason Cole's parents kind of inherited a couple of us as well.
0: <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, and then there's just, you know, there's the physical grind and just – what you go through to have to get yourself ready for a preseason, then go through the preseason and all that, the summer two-a-days and stations and all that stuff that is usually not the favorite for the players on the team, but it's what you need to do to get yourself in shape, ready, mentally, physically, and to bring that team together so that you are ready for your scrimmages and your week one through 10 then and uh, I I think it's just it's it's those fights that you go through mentally and physically to get together and then when you start seeing someone from another school um, it just it pulls you pulls you pulls you close
1: oh absolutely we used to start out the mornings before um, the lower school sports camp and we'd go running on the football field there and as a sophomore, I remember doing everything I could to try and beat Nolan Heck, who was a senior receiver, just to kind of talk a little smack with him. But in the meantime, you know that those challenging each other, that we pushed each other, it made us that much better, that much faster, that much more in shape for when the scrimmages and the regular games did start.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. I like those uh, early day camp uh, running running sessions that uh, the seniors put together because we had a lot of people. One, we had a lot of people who were counselors or helping out with the camp, but a lot of people showed up on that football field early on in the morning to uh, make sure that we got together and did our running program and we were ready to go. So we yeah, didn't skip that.
1: But it was impressive the number of people that came who were not like, oh, getting changed for, you know, camp, you know, mm-hmm. their parents just kind of hung out and just, you know, let us do our thing. And then, all right, come on, let's go home.
0: Yeah. I think that speaks uh, you know, just reminded me of something that speaks to when you're a part of the football program, it's a, it's a big commitment when you're, especially when you're younger, it's a whole family commitment, man. You require, you require uh, so much out of your folks to, uh, to be able to help support that. And um, I just, you know, we, we think back to sort of the conclusion of every season and it's the coaching staff, uh, under my dad and the coaching staff currently under coach Brian Stevenson, it's let your family know how appreciative and how much you love them because they do so much for you. And a lot of times as this, you know, knucklehead 15 to 18 year old uh, boy in high school, you don't, you don't fully grasp how much they do or you just expect that they will. And uh, it's uh, it's pretty cool when you actually think about all that they do for you.
1: Oh, absolutely. The time that they put in, just running us around from games and practices and you know sitting there watching a scrimmage when it's 97 degrees outside and you know maybe that's their one day off and that's you know kind of what they're stuck doing you don't appreciate that until fast forward 20 25 years later you're the one running the kids around and wow I did not you know thank my parents enough for everything they did for this
0: yeah for sure um Kev, what, what, who was a upperclassman that had an impact on you when you started out in the program? Someone you either, for whatever reason, looked up to on or off the field?
1: Um, when I was a freshman, Trip Trip McCracken. Um, just, I mean, he was just, you know, Geauga County Offensive Player of the Year. Um, he looked a part of, you know, just a great quarterback. And he was always nice and pleasant. And his dad was the one calling games. Just seemed kind of cool if you talked to him. Um, probably the class, you know, below that, um, gosh, you know, Bobby Mallett, Clint Bradley, um, Clint and I actually used to go home together from school. So we lived in the same area, but just, you know, to have those guys like kind of just embraced us, you know, James Isana coming up with a nickname for me as Terry is my sister. I, I still, that's the, like the least creative nickname I've ever heard of in my life. And yet, it cracked up everybody every time they said
0: it. <laughs> I like how uh, your freshman year trip McCracken, the quarterback, was uh, someone you looked up to because it shows that uh, as a lineman, you don't have to you don't have to have another lineman be someone that uh, you know sticks out to you and has this big impact on you. It can be someone who you spend maybe a little bit less of practice time with because he's at the other end of the uh, <laughs> at the other end of the practice field. Or, you but know, he, know, he put so. in the
1: work, you know and I mean, he played. Yeah you know, I think what at Hamilton or something
0: he did. Yeah.
1: And still has a career, you know, in the NFL. So on the other side, but I mean, for it's sure. kind of cool to see he put in the time.
0: No, he uh, he's a great example of what a, a strong work ethic and uh, discipline will do for you. Right. Yeah, and
1: then Krug and Izanic were the two seniors that I looked up to a lot when I was a sophomore, just cause I was the same thing. I was a five, seven guy playing nose, tackle and guard you know, way undersized, but those guys made it happen. So I kind of just watched them, saw how they did it, saw how they used leverage and everything, and I tried to do the same thing myself.
0: Yeah, nicely put. I mean, we had a nice little factory of undersized guards that, uh, you know, we weren't expecting them to blow out of their stance in a straight line and push these defensive linemen back. It was all about angles and in a lot of ways pulling and getting you guys either around the – uh around the edge of the formation leading up to the second level or on an unsuspecting corner or, uh, yeah, pulling and going up the hole. So, uh, yeah. we really maximized having that, that speed <laughs> and that quickness at the guard spot.
1: Yeah, no, those guys were great. And then the, the class rate right above me, Christian was just a monster and like a legend, him and Bert Grundon, those guys, they, they just, they were great.
0: Yeah, we'll be talking about uh, that senior class quite a bit during the '93 uh, review here in a moment. But that was a uh, that was a good size senior class, and that was a deep senior class that had talent pretty much across the positional board, and they had great leadership and guys that just knew how to work and didn't have to be encouraged. Right, and they knew it was the right thing to do and that it was going to lead them to the goals that they had in place for our team. So Absolutely. we can, so we can go ahead and start with that 93 campaign. And this is a, uh, 11 and two campaign that goes to the state semis, the final four, and we'll work our way there. Um, but sort of start through the regular season and what games or what game or games stick out to you most when you think back to that uh, junior season?
1: Well, I don't know if a lot of people remember, but things kind of got a little weird as a team at the beginning of that season. Week two. Yeah. So all of a sudden we found out, you know, Ron Garter, Justin Fleming, they just decided to transfer to Cleveland Heights and we're about to play Beachwood. And I mean Bates Beecher that year was loaded.
0: Yes, they were. I mean,
1: that was, you know, the Creel brothers, Scott Fisher, Regis um, White. Regis White, who Scott, was just yeah. a legend. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were absolutely loaded. So, and we knew we had a good team going. A lot of the seniors, Josh Levitt, Dan Gutmacher, they knew those guys. So we were we were amped up, and then all of a sudden it was like kind of got you know punched in the stomach right before. And, okay, Don Kelly, you're now the running back. and um, just instantly, like, was a change.
0: And then Andy Jawa, who was just – who came out as a senior and was starting at cornerback for us, now gets slotted into starting both ways. And he took Don, right. Kelly, Don Kelly's spot at slot.
1: I mean, it was just – it was unbelievable. And we we ended up dropping the game. And it was funny, though. You know, a couple of days later, I think it was, like, Tuesday or Wednesday, all of a sudden, like, Justin – I think it was – was it the following – week that those guys both came back it was that's what I, thought. I think it was like four or five days later all of a sudden i saw justin like outside of the weight room
0: i was like what happened
1: yeah like, you, you know we needed you last saturday well i had to sort through some stuff but i'm back yeah and then we just went on a roll
0: yes we did so you know after that beetroot game you were just talking about we were sitting at one and one um and we did go on a nice little roll and I'm curious, while we were going on that regular season roll, what other games stuck out to you? Because there, there are a bunch of big ones that could be talked about.
1: I mean, going down to Columbus Academy, um, Maxwell Stevenson was a kid who started for them as a freshman, ended up playing at Stanford. He was just an absolute stud. We beat them. Um, beat U.S. at home. To uh, Nick Casario was the quarterback for those guys.
0: You got a sack on him, didn't you?
1: Well, yeah. It's, it's funny you should remember that. So, I, I did.
0: It's, oh, you ran him. I, I can close my eyes and visualize it right now, man. You ran him down from behind after he had to flush the pocket, and uh, yeah, it was a nice little, uh, nice little sack yeah, where, for you.
1: Where are my kids? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Make sure your kids I listen. That,
1: that, so. But it was game. Um, I want to say. Gosh, I want to say it was like twenty-one-seven. Something like that.
0: The U.S. game? Yeah. U.S. game was 19 0. We actually shut them out, which was, speaks to just how good of a game we played and how focused we are. Um, Do you you remember that game? Like them coming over? um,
1: They used to stand at the end of the uh, goal line, one of the games prior to that. Oh, yeah. And it was Chris Petro, Mm -hmm. who was just a monster linebacker for them. And I remember Daryl Butler hit him early in that game and checked him right away. And that kid, I don't know if, I don't know if Chris Bichel made another tackle the rest of that game.
0: No, no. Daryl was not going to back down to an upperclassman, no matter what the myth and legend was of him.
1: Yeah. It was him and Brian Linich used to call up the Kleinman household and say all this stuff. And he did the same thing senior year. And <laughs> that Singerman got thrown out of the game you know, because he kicked me in the head
0: I remember. That's right. (laughs) Yeah, you know what? There are some years where the university school matchup was a little bit chippier than others. And then there's some years where there was just this, let's just focus on the game and the mutual respect of it. But I found that when there were sort of crossovers or, you know, when kids went to camp together or kids switched schools or something, uh, it could get a little heated at times.
1: Yeah, Seth and I we were we were in fifth grade and sixth grade together. Then he transferred, um, and I, I I had a conversation with his dad like a decade ago. Just kind of ran into him, <laughs> and we were talking. I'm like, you know, your son kicked me in the head and got thrown out of the game. And it's funny. He's like, you know what? We were just talking about that at Thanksgiving. <laughs> you know, this is you know, all these years later. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he and I are still talking about it. And he's like, you know, he never really did. He was just trying to run past him. Like, right.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't and know. Then senior year too many people too. believe that.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, that university school game, a 19-0 shutout. And then you were speaking about the following week's Columbus Academy game, which was week nine. And we go down there and we beat them 27-8. Um, and
1: what what game was that for your dad?
0: Um, I am not
1: sure. I feel like that was one of the milestone games for your dad too.
0: Yeah, it might have been. Uh, it might have been that year. Yeah, I'm not really sure.
1: But it was cool going down there, just playing in that atmosphere. You know, the same team that's you know we lost to in the state championship.
0: Yeah, really cool because the year prior, so your sophomore year, my freshman year, you know, I spoke with James Hardiman about how big that game was for Columbus Academy to come up to Gates Mills and play us. And uh, it was a great game, 21-14. So yep. now the following year, 93, <clears throat> our, our first opportunity to go back uh, to Columbus and uh, play them at their place. And uh, like I said, 27-8, to that was a really good game, really good team. And uh, defense, our defense, my goodness, the last uh, four weeks of the season, shutout, shutout, eight points, shutout. I mean – Our defense was so solid. Uh, Coach Moses had great game plans put in place. We had personnel that were so smart and just did such a great job up front on the defensive line with you in the second level with, you know, Burr and Daryl and Sheehan and Joe Perino. Perino, And then the the secondary with DK and um, Andy Jawa and Josh Levitt and Blake was playing in the secondary. I mean, like just you know, I'm probably forgetting some names, but just a de- Larry, a,
1: I think Larry Wilson had 16 sacks that year.
0: He did. He had a great, uh, a great uh, season coming off the edge there at DN. So a defense that was just so tough to move the ball against us, and it was definitely something we hitched our wagon to. Um, so we're sitting there at eight and one, and uh, we come back from that Columbus Academy game. Tangs all night. Yeah. Trying to fulfill uh, two and a half hours worth of Tangs on the charter bus coming home. Uh, and then week 10, Elyria Catholic, first time on the schedule. Um, kind of a bigger school, a school that has a, a sound tradition of just quality football. And uh, they show up with a huge roster.
1: Yeah. I remember like there was like multiple buses. It was yeah. Crazy.
0: And you could tell that they totally thought they were going to big school us and they were just going to show up and they were going to out-physical us and it was going to be a game that uh, was going to be a win for them. And man, was it the complete opposite of that because the Hawks were smacking them all game. And I remember they had a tight end. I want to say his last name was Stewart and he was a big dude and they flexed him out. Um, to sort of single him up as a split end. And they were trying to take advantage of a guy who's like 6'4", 6'5", and over two and a quarter. And they run a slant, and he catches it, and Josh Levitt just rib shots him, and the ball ejects from him. And I think from that point, both sidelines knew what was about to happen, and that was us going on for a 21-0 uh, shut out in week ten and solidifying the fact that we were going to be going to week eleven in the postseason
1: yeah. I mean Josh Levitt starting quarterback did not care he he did not hesitate to lay somebody out
0: you think about if you're if you're relying on your starting quarterback to play both ways, you might say, all right, free safety, you know kind of just that center fielder back there who's Orchestrating the defense, and nothing gets behind him, and he runs down a couple play. No, he was a hard-hitting, equally talented in run support and coverage.
1: Oh, he didn't never hesitate to tackle
0: safety. Josh was tough, man. He uh, he put his nose on you.
1: That's, I mean, but that was when your when your quarterback has that mentality. That's when you beat schools like Larry Catholic when you shut up, right? That's it.
0: So nine and one regular season, and uh, we get a familiar opponent in Akron, Akron, Manchester, and uh, Nate Schindelwolf, Nate Schindelwolf at quarterback, who was a really good quarterback and a really good basketball player. Um, where where did he end up? Do you remember? I think he went to Akron and played played at
1: Akron basketball,
0: yeah, he was pretty good. I remember we were were definitely worried about him. There's no doubt we were definitely worried about him going into that game. Um, And that was a – was that at Garfield Heights? Was that where they put us?
1: I want to say that that was at like Highland or something.
0: Mm, I'm thinking – Or maybe that was JFK. I think they put us at uh, Garfield Heights, and then the JFK game was at Field.
1: Oh, Field, okay. Yeah, so
0: so that Akron-Manchester game, you know, we had seen them uh, two years – prior and that game was played at Stowe, and that was a 6-0 um just defensive struggle offense is really struggling to be able to move the ball we end up holding on for the 6-0 win so fast forward two years we get to see him again and uh this time uh, you mentioned larry wilson earlier larry had a big game uh in this one as he did in many of our postseason games here in 93 but we win 21 to 6 and so week uh, 12 is going to be happening, and we get to see another familiar opponent now in Warren JFK.
1: Oh, man, those guys were brutal back then.
0: So trip Tripp had two, uh, two games against uh, Warren JFK in the uh, 90 and 91 seasons, and they had our number. They were very talented, and uh, they got the best of us. And uh, so third time, hopefully a charm. What are the chances that in a neutral site game you play the same team uh, within four years, three times, and it's at the same school? They put it at field every time. And oh, so, God. And so we go out there. Field was a little messy. I think that's an understatement. Yep. And uh, the good guys come out on top 19-6. And that your-
1: game was funny. I remember a couple of things. One, they had two t- – both their tackles were monsters. Big dudes, just absolute monsters. And against Manchester, I had one of their big tackles fall on me and jacked up my ankle. And all of a sudden I looked at these kids for JFK. I'm like, how, how do I do it against these guys? And just, that whole team was huge. I think it was, uh, I want to say Derek Trimble might've been their running back.
0: Derek Trimble and Max Richardson.
1: Yes. And I mean, Derek was like, you know, an all state hurdler
0: yes just just a
1: absolute stud athlete and yeah layering those guys i mean we we just we played a heck of a game and i remember beachwood sitting up in the stands watching us and as much as they were talking junk we just kept saying hey we're still playing where are you guys at
0: (laughs) and so that jfk game you know uh we finally we finally get the w and i think uh I think one of the things that stands out the most about that is we needed to uh, we needed to get a drive going late in that fourth quarter, and we needed to be able to move the ball, and we had that short yardage jumbo jam package in place, and we just stuffed jumbo jam down their throats for like half a half a dozen plays in a row, minimum, maybe maybe more, and just kept moving it.
1: what we were doing.
0: Not at all. Bring the tackle over so we're unbalanced to the right. Bring Perino in short motion to kick out the edge, man, because everyone's wedge blocking inside. Um, Daryl Butler leading up the hole. Sheehan getting the ball. I mean, like, that's tough to stop. And then you mentioned that they had those two 300-pounders. Dan Gutmacher and the rest of the offensive line yourself, berg Grunden, Lige Kaplan, Jacob Scott guys were moving them like they were on skates in that mud it's pretty awesome
1: when i really that's when we were all running before hawk and Day camp so that in november we were moving these guys in the fourth quarter
0: well conditioned right yep that's awesome so we we get over the hump of losing the previous two to jfk and we get the win in the third one And a cool little story from uh, that that has kind of held its test of time is after a win and zonks are handed out, the zonks just come in these huge sheets. And, you know, there's like 32 of them on a sheet and you punch them out. And there's a brown envelope that my dad always stored them in. And if you look at, take time and look at the outside of the envelope, it is addressed to us from Warren JFK and it is the envelope that had the film exchange in it from that game. Oh, really? Yeah. It's pretty cool. So all these years later, still, still using that envelope because that was such a, uh, a cool moment in program history. Awesome. So we get that win. I can remember, uh, the team circling up in the middle and getting, uh, that trophy presented to us for winning the region and then, uh, going and seeing who we were going to match up with in the final four. And we had this team from out East, just shy of Sandusky called Huron, the Huron Tigers. And, uh, we started watching them on film and they had some, had some run and shoot tendencies that we were familiar with. It was not completely, uh, new to us but they had some pretty interesting personnel plugged in at a variety of positions that uh, made them really a tough opponent to prepare for.
1: Uh, Rob Majoy.
0: uh, Rob Majoy was their slot back receiver. Uh, He ended up playing at at Illinois. Meaningful play at Illinois for multiple years. They had uh, Eric DeGro, who...
1: I hate that kid.
0: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You had to go up against, uh, he was about a six foot, what, four, 285 pound center. Does that sound yeah, started accurate for
1: West Virginia for three years,
0: started for West Virginia for three years. Were oh, you, that were did, you hobbled that me. game? Were you hobbled that game? Did you have a bad, I, a bum ankle?
1: I, I still had it, but there, it would have made no difference if I was perfectly healthy. I was trying I to,
0: to get remember, you an had, out.
1: <laughs> no, no, man. So I, I remember after the game, there was a picture on the plane dealer, from it. And I, I think I was in like part of the picture, and it was like, you know, five or six yards down the field. And I think the only reason I was involved in that picture was because Eric had driven me back that far that I like basically got pushed into the pile. He just, he destroyed me.
0: Yeah. He was a, uh, he was a load to have to deal with. Swanback
1: um, boys. I think there was Swan the back, Swanback, brothers. Harkle,
0: Harkle Road. Yeah. They, Quarterback, fullback, slotbacks. I mean, they were, they were a good team. That's, uh, that was a team that beat us 36 to 20. And uh, connection to Huron, uh, one of my uh, future roommates in college played for that team. And uh, had they not gotten a case of the food poisoning the night before the uh, state championship, who knows what they would have done against Versailles. So uh, that was a pretty good team. I remember but, uh, when we
1: came out, your dad had us all fired up for the second half. Like, yeah, we're going to get it. Boom. Kickoff return by a t- for a touchdown by Rob Majoy.
0: So if you remember that, uh, we had a different idea of what the kickoff was going to look like. And we didn't really place it where we needed it. And on that BW turf, it just like one hopped right to him when we weren't really kicking it in his direction. Yeah. And it's like, a, oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: it was just, oh well, I thought we were gonna get back into it, but
0: hey, competitive, competitive game, 3620. Um, really talented team that uh that beat us and uh just a great season to be a part of.
1: Oh, absolutely. But
0: to be able to be a part of a team that went that deep into the postseason was special and to um uh, to be able to watch it and be a part of it was, was pretty, pretty cool.
1: And, it, and it's great. You know, I run into these guys every once in a while, whether it was, you know, the centennial party or just a football game a couple of years ago. And it, we just laugh and joke, like, you know, we, you know, see each other on a weekly basis when really it's been, you know, 15, 20 years. That's right. And, but, and but that's, you know, all of us, you know, we came together, worked hard and like you said, that senior class was just loaded to Guttmacher, Lovett, Sheen, Milbourne, Lige,
0: Grunden, Brandon, Harrison, Brandon Harrison, B. Lincoln, Joe Perino, Lige I mean, just, Kaplan.
1: There was just studs on my team across the board.
0: And apologies to anyone we left out. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So that season ends and we graduate uh, – quite a few from that senior class and so we get ready for this 94 campaign which is your senior year my junior um and while we knew that uh we were thinner in some spots we still had quite a bit of skill um at the skill positions and we still had some players coming back for their senior year that had some significant meaningful minutes during that 13 game schedule so there was reason to still be like, hey, we're going to be young in some spots, but it's about regrow, rebuilding a program, um, and sort of uh, next guy up, and uh, let's see, you know. And so as during that '93 season, we have four senior starters and yourself on the offensive line, and then the following year, it's you and four new starters. Yeah, uh, talk about what that's like to be the. The lone first year guy on a really experienced line, your junior year, and then to turn it around and be the only one who had any varsity experience.
1: Um, you know, junior is a little intimidating. You know, you you know, you got to really live up to the expectation of like the two guys I referenced before. It was Isanik and Crew. I mean, those two guys, they they were great. They knew what they were doing. They were professionals. So to follow in their footsteps with everybody else, they, man, these guys all knew what they were doing. They were comfortable confidence i just i tried to follow their lead and just do the best that i could who was that line so who was the other tackle it was um was it jacob and dan were those the bookends
0: yeah jacob scott was the left tackle and dan was the right
1: okay and then it was john hours and myself as the guards of rw rotating in with uh osborne
0: oh so your senior year yeah yeah so it was uh it was you, John, and Jay and uh, RW, sort of rotating that guards. Uh, Stu was was playing some center, right? And then we yeah. had uh, Hank and Veer. And did Cole play any offense, or was Jason just uh, playing D-line? a little bit? Yeah, but I
1: kind of like almost like as we were talking about, kind of meshed the two years. Sorry
0: about that. Sure, no, it's okay. I picked up on it.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sorry. Um. So so we're we're in a senior year now, where you're the only returning piece. And uh, also your, your teammates, we elect you as one of the three captains. What, uh, what was that like to be a captain of a football team that you were, had so much invested in with all these previous years' experiences as a student, a middle school player, and then as a high school uh, contributing member?
1: That was a huge honor. I mean, you know that that's, you know, your vote for that. So when you know that your peers are the ones that vote you in, it's kind of, you know, you feel like you got to live up to it. You got to make sure you do the right things, help out, you know, the younger kids, you know, these sophomores, they're, they're intimidated. So you got to make sure they're comfortable because you got to rely on them. You have to teach them how to help out, what to do when it's needed and try and be a good example to all of them.
0: So you were one of three, we had tri captains that year, Blake Kleinman and Justin Fleming. Um, Speak to maybe the type of uh, captains the three of you were. Who was the uh, who was the most vocal and uh, what type of captain did you try to be amongst that group of three?
1: Blake was definitely the vocal one. He was the one that used to like to yell down the road going to and from practice. Uh, when we were doing our warm-ups, and you know, at the rotation, you know, he was the one, you know, yelling the rah and doing all of that. And I just I, I think I was a little bit more quiet and kind of more, more joking, but at the same time putting in the time I had def, you know, made sure everybody knew that I put in the work and Justin was similar to me. He, he was an as vocal. He was a little bit quieter than myself, but each of us kind of had our own roles. and It was kind of good that, you know, play kind of ran with, you know, the skilled guys, Justin did spend a lot of time with the defensive guys, even though Blake play, played DB and I was with the linemen, and we kind of, Each tried to show him, Hey, just put in the hard work, you know, Blake, Well, vocal, he's, he worked out like crazy. I mean, that guy.
0: He put put in a definite. warrior. Yeah. He put a, he definitely put a junior to senior year uh, off season in, didn't he?
1: Yeah. I mean, he put in the work and you typically don't have too many quarterbacks that can bench three fifteen, but I mean, that's, he wanted to be as physically fit as possible.
0: So we're going to get to going through weeks one through 10. Um, but before we do, I a stat kind of uh, really stuck out to me, and I think I want to start off with this one. Um, in the season stats, you have one carry for one yard. Is that was this a Catholic? Okay, yeah, and ours no, that, got that one.
1: Like a, 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 yeah,
0: and ours got one as well, it. right? Okay, because I'm sitting here going. Is that a fumble recovery that we just called a carry or did he, And then, yes, that's right. At the end of Illyria Catholic, we got uh, we got some senior lineman carries at the end.
1: For some reason, I thought the best play for me was going to be a sweep. I just I, I felt like my speed <laughs> was going to get me to the corner. And they kept saying it wanted to do like a trap. Just kick the guy out. And that's what they did for hours and he got like 10 or 12 yards. Yeah, I got one did. yard, I got stuck right away right away
0: dude you got greedy. Remember- instead of like this is my one carry it's like i want to house this
1: <laughs> yeah I, I was gonna i was gonna do it big i was gonna hit the corner and go all the way down and just show them that i had you know good speed for alignment and you know at that point there was probably some software from <laughs> a Larry catholic who just stalked me
0: does that story get shared at all does your does your son know that one no no
1: <laughs> that, there, there's no need for that <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! And I remember coming off the field that your dad just said that that's why you were not running the ball. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so you know, I I joke about that one step, but this is a uh, you know this is a defensive season for you where you're second on the team in tackles and you're tied for second with four sacks from from an interior line position, and uh, you were definitely you were definitely a defensive lineman who got off of the ball and made the sort of the the war up front across the neutral zone and not let them get into you. You did a really nice job of getting across that neutral zone and trying to win the line of scrimmage. And you knew how to in- disengage from blocks because of your wrestling background and you found the ball and, you know, you might not have had the wheels to uh, to get to the edge on that sweep, but you had speed to be able to run down and to pursue on uh, ball carriers as evidenced by as many tackles as you had your senior year. So.
1: No, it was a good young defense.
0: So I remember, I think it was Ryan Clark would have been starting for us. Brian basic
1: um, drew or uh, Daryl did a heck of a job as a second year as a linebacker with uh, Jamie lip next to him. Yeah. So, I mean, that was, that was a good young crew.
0: It was. And I think, uh, one of the themes that we'll start to mention later, we get into this, uh, 94 season is, uh, there were a lot of injuries that racked up and yeah. we went from inexperienced to young experienced pretty quick. So, uh, week one, we, uh, we had a game against Trinity and that was a, uh, game in which we started off the season with a loss, 25-17, um, kind of a back-and-forth game where we have a narrow lead going into halftime and they come out and sort of outscore us by, I think it was a touchdown or a touchdown and a two-point conversion to, uh, to beat us by eight. Um, so you never want to start off 0 one no, nah, uh, that was
1: just a tough game right off the ring.
0: Yeah, so they were experienced in the trenches, and we were not. And I think that kind of was the difference as we went into that second half, if I remember that correctly.
1: Yeah, just we were we were starting to wear down a little bit. And the the big thing I can remember almost every game that senior year was we were the team that was in the state semis the year before. So had we target. had a target. So we had a target, and there was a lot of new people in a lot of positions. But they weren't worried about that. They just wanted to smack us. And Trinity did a heck of a job. It was at their home field. I mean, that was that was a tough one.
0: Yeah, and then so week two, we come home for our first uh, home contest of that season, and it's against Beechwood. And for what uh, for what some players who have played maybe in the two thousands don't realize is Beechwood at that time in the mid nineties was. Probably our second biggest rival. I would say more of a rivalry than the Gilmore game at that point. Oh, absolutely! Because there were so much there was so much crossover as far as the players on each team that knew each other from football, from basketball, from being neighbors. Um, so that game was that game was big. And so to go into that game starting off zero and one. And now to have them was uh, was definitely a circle red circle game in week two.
1: Uh, that was a tough one. I will never forget. They wore these extremely ugly yellow uniforms, yeah, head to toe. And there was, you know, so much smack talking from the year before. They were the only team that beat us during the regular season. Um, there were some personal. You know, relationships that guys had back and forth between, oh, you know, you know, your girlfriend was, you know, my girlfriend before. And I mean, it was just kind of a lot of goofy stuff like that just because we knew each other so well. And I think Aaron Jeter or was it what was his name? Was it Aaron? You're
0: right. Yeah, that's who it was.
1: He was with, he played for U.S. the year before, and then he was the running back with uh, Josh Mandel as their quarterback. And I remember that was 14-7? 14-6 six and um, he's taking another extra point
0: yeah so that was that was tough I remember uh I remember that being a uh an end zone after that game where we finished up and that one hit pretty deep to a lot of guys
1: that um, one hurt
0: not just you know oh and two but oh and two to a team that I think we we felt like we wanted to kind of get back from being the lone regular season blemish from the 93 season
1: yeah, we just knew too many people in common. I ended up my college roommate playing on that team. It was it was tough.
0: A lot of connections there between those two schools in the 90s. Yeah. So week three, we stay at home and we have independence. And uh, we put some things together. The offense is able to uh, score over 20 and score 25 that game. Uh, we beat independence 25 to 6. Um, it felt like sort of the uh, – I guess what you would expect, right? The first two weeks were young up front in the line. We're breaking in a new quarterback in Blake. Uh, wide receivers are new. So, you know, it took it took a little bit to sort of get things clicking. And week three, we get it going a little bit better, and we score 25 and get that win. And that was nice to, uh, to break that little two-game slide.
1: Yeah, that was a game, just like you said, that was the outcome that should have happened. And too many times, that doesn't necessarily happen, but we did. I mean, we were starting to gel, came together, and, yeah, just a good all-around win.
0: So Larry Wilson being all, you know, 6'4", six, 6'5", six, and right around 200 pounds was a split end, split time with uh, Britton Lincoln on offense in 93. Um, Was moved to tight end basically because we needed a tight end in the offense, and we really didn't have – any other option and it was like this guy's big enough and we're still going to try to find him the ball through the air just from sort of a different position than maybe he had last year and I think it took us until week three to sort of really incorporate him into the passing game and Blake found him uh, a couple of times during this independence game and he scored some touchdowns and uh, it really felt like the offense was kind of finding a little bit more of the identity then
1: Yeah, just like you said, the the line was young, so I think these guys are starting to learn how to play together. And it was, you know, those young DBs that I was talking about; they were starting to get more and more comfortable. They weren't wide-eyed anymore. And that game felt like, okay, now we're gonna we're getting this back on track.
0: I think uh, I think offensive line play is similar to varsity wrestling in that. You can practice and rep the drill and the technique as much as you need to and get good at it, but there's a certain amount of experience that needs to be acquired before it really is consistent with success. And the offensive line, you need to gel and you need to come together and you need to practice, and you need to be a unit of five. You can't have just one or two good linemen and some holes in the other spot. Wrestling, it takes a number of matches on the mat to really understand what it is to be successful and how to wrestle correctly so it's the amount of time that you need to log in order to be successful sort of in those two different pieces of two different sports
1: a lot of it is you can be taught how to do something but until you fully understand why you do something and in both those both those cases i think that's the truth you know why do i have to know turn my right foot out like this when i'm pulling and And that's why I think a lot of times younger guys, it's hard for them to learn and understand that. And that little half step, that makes the difference in the world.
0: So week four, we're going in at one and two, and we have Gilmore at home. And uh, we win 28 to seven in this game and even things up at two and two. And I think we're starting to really feel good about Like I said, that offensive piece, we're going up just a little bit from 25 points the previous week to 28 this week. And as we talk about the next game here in a moment, we're even going to go higher than that. So the offense is doing some things. We're holding defensively. We're holding them to a single touchdown for four quarters. I mean, that's a that's a nice little recipe for uh, for success there the last two weeks.
1: No, those were the games that we felt like we're going to be every game that year. That's you know, We just thought automatically, okay, that's what we're going to be. and it just took a couple games in the season to get that going.
0: Yeah, that is true. So week five, um, we head over to Perry. And uh, this is the uh, – I feel like we play Perry. Don Kelly, man, shows up, and the best of Don Kelly um, just had two amazing – games against Perry his junior and his senior year two shootouts where just both teams are just offensive juggernauts and uh, we win 41 to 37 in this game
1: that game was fun
0: that was a back and forth affair
1: and what was cool was there, it was their homecoming at their brand new facility so I don't know if you remember that I mean it, that was like the equivalent of I, um, BW wasn't as nice as that place was the locker rooms, everything—it was gorgeous.
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: Stadium, and it, it was, was so—it
0: was so nice there that we were willing to say, "We'll come out a second year in a row. We don't care about playing you at our place." <laughs> <'Cause> we <laughs> played them nice. there. Played them there in '93. We'll play you again in '94 if you'll have us.
1: <laughs> and that was that was a great facility there.
0: Yeah. So I mean, everyone uh, kind of spread the wealth in that game. Um, Don Kelly scored. Daryl Butler. Gian Way. Uh, catches a 17-yard pass from Blake in that game. Justin um, and Larry put one in at the end. So just uh, just a great offensive game to watch and uh, score just enough that you can hold on to the victory in 41 to uh, 37 fashion. So we we bump our total above into the uh, three wins and two losses category, and the confidence is definitely rolling and peaking for the team and I think we feel like we're finding our identity and finding ourselves and then a week six trip down to play St. Thomas Aquinas um, quickly proved to be a tough matchup.
1: I remember your your dad decided to come up with uh, me playing like a bubble linebacker and I kind of was just supposed to mirror was his name Sheets?
0: It was yeah
1: and I was supposed to mirror that kid and I just, (laughs) it was a new position all of a sudden. So we were still playing our,
0: yeah, we were still playing our 52 man front. And I think the thought was get you up into a two point stance and back you up about a yard and a half, maybe two yards and give you a little bit more vision and try to not get tangled up into uh, their center who, uh, you know, would maybe occupy you and, make it a little bit harder for you to get to uh, making as many plays. And uh, it didn't work, uh, not just because because of that one reason. Um, (laughs) You had mentioned that because of our state Final Four run the year prior that we had a mark on our back. Well, this was was an opponent who definitely was still thinking about that game, uh, that game the previous year was one that we did not talk about but was a 14 to 12 just absolute um
1: just a a knockdown drag down
0: oh my goodness just a brawl right i mean 14 to 12 just two teams just giving their best to each other and i remember the game sort of being solidified when they're running back, kid's last name was Collins. And he looked, I remember we were talking about him as Mike Allstott sort of going into that game because he was built that way. And just, you know, you get film on them from their previous two games and he's just trucking guys. And you're like, Ooh, this is going to be a beast to bring down. Well, late in the game, they run a little belly play and they blocked it really well. And he came up, and had basically a one on one with Chris Sheehan. And Sheehan stuck him right in the doorway of the opening of that hole yep. and put him back. And that was like, wow. That was quite the play.
1: Yeah, that that was that was Chris summed up right there. He didn't care who it was. That could have been the Mike, the actual Michael Ossoff, but he still would have done that.
0: exactly so that was just
1: the mentality Chris ran with
0: yeah so that uh that Aquinas game that we go down to play them they uh they beat us 31 to 12 which puts us back to three and three now we're back to 500 again and we return back um for a Saturday contest against university school over at their place and uh this is a team that did not like the fact that not only did we beat them, but we shut them out in convincing fashion the previous year, and uh, we get the W14-7, to seven. and uh, Don Kelly had himself a heck of a game.
1: I remember just as a team, that was a good all-around game. Um, that, was, that was another chippy game. We were going at it. Seth was back again. Um, we have Brian Linich calling the climbing household again. His younger brother, David, was the fullback. And just – and that was – there were little extra shots here and there that entire game. Um, to, I mean, Brian Lynch took a swing at me on the last play of the game when he tried to do like a sweep pass, if I recall. And – or he was – no, maybe it was Larry that he took a swing at. And I think Larry just kind of laughed it off because we just
0: won the game. So they uh, they beat us on a double move in the second quarter to Natter. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they beat us on a double move, and they went up uh, 7-0. And then we came back and scored one uh, late in the second quarter just before halftime. Uh, did not get the extra points. We're sitting at 7-6 at halftime. And uh, I remember just kind of just going into halftime and coming out and being like, hey, let's stay the course. We're okay. Yes, we're down by one. But uh, we keep doing what we're what we're expecting to do. We'll be okay." And uh, it was not an easy second half. Both offenses were struggling to move the ball. And the lone score left in the game was actually a pick six in which Ryan Schaefer, their quarterback, tried to hit a receiver on our sideline. And uh, Don Kelly jumped the route and picked it. And uh, he went 80, 80 some yards all the way to the house. And uh, that was the difference in the game for us to win 14 to seven.
1: Man, when Donnie was on, he was on. He was a, he was a heck of a football player.
0: So talented, you know, at corner and at slot, um, he was shifty he was not a straight line guy that would maybe you know win the 40 against anyone he went up against but as far as vision and shift and like sort of that start stop patience in his run game it was uh it's pretty nice yeah so then we uh we got a game against wra and uh this game yeah tex mccall right Yep. Wasn't, wasn't that the name of their running back
1: yeah like it was a beast
0: yeah where was he the year before does anyone know <laughs> i mean they're P- pg he, he, pgs from parts, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> from parts unknown yeah from parts <laughs> unknown so that's yeah that's game uh that's game eight that's at our our place and uh that is a game in which we win 21 to 6 and uh yeah he was a good running back they had uh they had some good pieces and uh we just played a good game and uh
1: I mean WRE, I mean, they were always they always had a couple great individuals. Their issue was just, you know, those kids, you know, they they just came to school that year. They weren't there there the year before. So a lot of times you would get a team with good athletes, just weren't cohesive. And I think that's really what it was. And at that point, we we were playing some good football then.
0: Yeah, we were. And we got uh we got some big plays. Uh we had a a double pass, so Larry gets the handoff and sets up, and he had a good arm, man, and he just let it it rip, and uh, Donnie scored from 47 yards out. Fleming had a 41-yard touchdown run, and then uh, the third and final score was Larry on a 34-yard pass from Blake. So um, big plays and spreading the wealth uh, offensively. That was nice. And another game where, you know, this is the fourth game where we hold our opponent to just one score.
1: Yeah, Larry's was monstrous. I mean, if he wanted to throw it at 70, 80 yards, he could do it back then.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that uh, that is exactly right. So we're sitting at 5-3, and three, and uh, we have a Week 9 opponent of Columbus Academy again here. And uh, this is probably the second opponent who had that uh, spotlight on our back going into this game, wanting to get a little bit of revenge from the previous year. And this is where uh the injuries started to mount, and the thin uh, uh, the thin depth became no depth
1: it that that was, it got ugly and you know what, i don't, I don't know if you remember this uh Maxwell Stevens didn't even play he was hurt, so i remember i actually ran right after like the captains like coin toss and all that
0: well he started he started the game, i think, but he didn't finish it are you sure i think so I'm looking at the uh 94 box score and he uh he ended up putting two in that game so okay
1: so then he must have gotten hurt early
0: yeah i think he was he didn't get as many uh as many touches as he normally did because i don't think he was playing maybe at 100 percent.
1: okay and i just remember at some point his father and i were relatively close to each other and i just said hey you know it's always been an honor playing against your son because max was always a good opponent played mm-hmm. clean he was a brute but was always clean
0: Big physical and there's not guy. many,
1: you know, and there's not many parents that like you kind of recognize enough to where you say, hey man, your your son, you know, he's a heck of a football player.
0: Yeah, so but we yeah, started
1: they, they they kicked our behinds.
0: Yeah, they did. We started out that game and we answered their touchdown. It was seven to seven. And then I uh, can't remember if we had Justin going into that game or if we lost him right at the beginning, but uh, it was kind of the uh shuffling of the chairs and we had uh slot Pull a guy from a starting position and put him into a different one, and subsequently, someone who didn't play varsity bumped into uh, to a starting role against a uh, talented team, and it was tough. Yep. Yeah. And, and then, a- no, go ahead.
1: No, I was going to say then it was Illyria Catholic again.
0: And then Illyria Catholic, and so we talked about that Aquinas game and that. Academy game week nine of teams that really wanted to try to get some payback on us. Well, they did it in a way where it it felt somewhat uh, <laughs> different than what Elyria Catholic did to us week 10, which was uh, take a wounded animal and uh, really, really do a, number stuck on, on our throne. do a number on us. Yeah, um, we were without we had way too many in street clothes on the sideline that night and uh that was and, a good that was a good team and dave Vitovitz, the running back uh, who pl- of course played running back in that game and then was a legitimate defensive end for cincinnati
1: yeah
0: for like 3 years for their program so uh, as uh, you can imagine uh, that was, was that monster. was not that was not fun to tackle
1: i mean he was 63 64 i don't know what the listing was but probably 265
0: no no he'd be a little bit less than that but uh that that's what he was in college okay Um, so probably
1: that 240 245 yeah
0: he was he was a big dude and he still could scoot uh, and he
1: almost put up i think 300 yards against us yeah like 264 or something
0: uh yeah 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 two and a quarter is what he was listed at but that might have been a little on the low side but yeah so when, when, you're, when
1: you're getting beat up at that point it seems like you're 300 pounds. <laughs> yeah,
0: oh yeah right yeah for sure so that was a uh that was a tough game obviously and a tough ride back to uh to campus that night but uh that that finishes up that season at five and five and so as that uh as that season comes to an end it's always kind of, you know, it's always kind of weird to, uh, wrap up that week 10 because, you know, you're realizing as a senior that you're not going to play at the next level. And that was kind of the end of a chapter. And then, uh, to do it on a road game and get the loss and then have to, have to come back. That was a late night sort of wrapping things up with your teammates, spending time with them and, uh, then taking that equipment in and, uh, sort of trying to make that last moment as a uh, team in the 94 season last as long as possible
1: I mean it's just always a weird feeling when you kind of you're in the locker room and you know there's no talk about the next game or anything else it's just you know reflection and you know for us you know we've been playing together since seventh grade for a large group and it was just over and remember we were just kind of hanging out in their locker room and your dad kind of joking with us. Cause at that point there, there was no, no reason for the disappointment or anything. It just was what it was. And your, your dad looking at Jamie lip and going, wow, like with Jamie's shirt off and going, wow, I can't believe you were starting linebacker for me. And, and, and he did it at that point, not to just take a shot at him, but to simply lighten up the mood for all of us seniors to, you know, kind of, you know, just as a group to kind of get a chuckle and, you know, yes, we just got our behinds kicked, but you know what? We're 17, 18 years old. This is, like, not the end. And your dad knew the right time to give us a little comedic break and kind of lighten the mood.
0: Yeah, so that uh, that wraps up that 94 season. Um, anything else, uh, either from a specific uh, game or just sort of looking back as a whole on that 10-game season? Any thoughts that you have or
1: I mean it was it was tough the roller coaster
0: because like you
1: said, you know, the first couple games, you know, was tough. Young guys, um, a lot of sophomores that were playing more than a normal season that they would have. And it showed in those first couple games, but then as we were winning, those younger guys they were playing well, they were learning how to, you know, compete with 17, 18 year old guys. You know, a lot of people don't understand when you're 15 competing against a 17 year old there's a big difference there. Like that guy that's been lifting, and working out and doing all that for a couple of years, that's a strong man. So the, a lot of those sophomores, like I said, you know, Brian basic, Ryan Clark, Lance Osborne that I'm sure I'm missing mm-hmm. a couple of guys too, that played decent time. I mean, those guys, they were, they were holding their own.
0: Yeah. Well put let's uh, let's go ahead and let's do our two minute drill. All right, Kev. All right, bring it. Any significance to your jersey number?
1: Completely random.
0: Uh, favorite college or professional team?
1: Ohio State and the Browns.
0: What I you, know. What I do got you the
1: Ohio State shirt on for you?
0: Yeah, I know you do. What What are you closest to uh, today? Your bench or your uh, eight hundred time?
1: Um, <laughs> gosh, it's got to be my bench. <laughs>
0: Could you diagram a play from your senior year playbook?
1: I bet I could. I bet we we did enough traps. I think I could still.
0: I bet you. Yeah, I bet you could prove yourself. Uh, Can you name a song from your senior year game tape?
1: You know what? Um, Dead and Bloated by STP. But I actually probably know my sophomore year tape uh, tape way better between Shut (laughs) Them Down and Thunderstruck and stuff like that.
0: Sure. Favorite sports movie?
1: Oh. Uh, God, I think Hoosiers. I think I'm old school.
0: Okay. Best player you played against?
1: Rob McJoy's got to be out there and Eric DeGro. I mean, it's got to be a three-year yeah. starter at West Virginia.
0: No, that's uh, – you can't go wrong with either of those two names. 1A, 1B right there for you.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, what tradition was your Favorite.
1: Even though I never participated, I love the drive home tangs.
0: What makes fudge good?
1: Oh my gosh! I think
0: what quality homemade, homemade fudge over yep. store bought. Okay, just a little TLC, a little homemade love.
1: Yep, absolutely.
0: All right, time. So you were you were not a participant in uh, in tangs, but. I'm sure I'm sure you were participating on a secondary level some way. I was definitely, you know, just
1: like in my uh, current, like Facebook status, way more of a voyeur back then. <laughs> Sit back and laugh and it's like, hey, say this, say, say that. And I let the professionals handle the rest.
0: So who was the uh, who is the number one uh, Tang artist from your class?
1: Uh, you know what? I, I think most guys, they probably got the oh. Uh, couple words into it but i know blake was back to his vocal ways i know he used to do it
0: um gardner get a couple in
1: yeah he was was a witty guy
0: larry maybe for a couple larry
1: always i mean you just if give larry an opportunity to say something he's going to say it
0: is there anyone in your class i'm trying to remember that did less than you when it came to tangs
1: Oh, Jamie lift. There's no way. That one. <laughs> yeah.
0: So if you did one, he was zero.
1: It, correct. There's no way that he ever did one. And
0: if you do, and if you both did zero, you at least were thinking about doing one and he was not.
1: I, I, I was considering it. If the ride was a little bit longer, <laughs> I would have done it. Whereas Jamie, he was just out the whole, the whole time.
0: And did you get goaded into doing one as a junior or a sophomore? I,
1: I'm sure as a sophomore, I had to, I just think that was part of the deal. But I guarantee, you know, one or two verses into it, I was getting booed up. You know, the guy and you never wanted to, and you would always get called out like after like someone just like crushed it. And <laughs> like, all right, Gillespie, I'm like, nah. timing
0: and placement are kind of important.
1: Exactly. Terry is my sister. Didn't never wanted to follow up. like <laughs> You know, just an absolute stud on one of those.
0: So you had mentioned, uh, at the beginning of our conversation about spending quite a bit of time at, uh, the Cole residence and the Kleiman residence talk about what it was like, sort of that 24 hours of a game day. So like the evening before, after practice, and then the morning of game day, and then playing on a Saturday afternoon, because I think that Saturday experience is so unique and it's something that, uh that is so different than what our current team is used to. I mean, we do play the occasional Saturday game, but whenever you play a one-off Saturday game, it feels like so awkward from a time frame that you don't quite get used to it. You just do it once. Whereas we, I think, really, we really relished that opportunity to have teams come to us and play that 1 p.m. or 2 p.m. kickoff. But um, a lot of kind of cool smaller traditions took place within that Saturday home game or Saturday away game feel. Um, And were really some moments for teams and classes specifically to spend quite a bit of time with one another.
1: Yeah, I mean, the typical Friday night game, I'm literally, you know, the guys were finishing up with class probably like 2.33 and they hung out in the locker room, they got ready for the game. For us, we had Friday night dinner. So we'd go, and our go-to place was Ponderosa. I don't know how or why, but we did. And then in the morning, you you had team breakfast because you had to like gear up, and you were going to play in three or four hours. So that was always a big deal. Like parents got into the team breakfast. Yes, they. You know, did. whether it was Larry's dad, you know, making fresh, you know, biscuits and gravy, or just I remember all the parents, even sophomore, junior year, going to other people's houses and. It was just cool because yes, a dinner's cool as a, you know, a class and, but to be at somebody's house, to have the coaches over everybody there is just a different feel. You know, 10 30 in the morning, you're trying not to think too much about the game. And, you know, you're, you're at a, a senior's house who maybe you just met, you know, the start of that season. And, you know, there is mom is right away, you know, Hey Kevin, I hope you have a good game today. And just just to see each other's families, like instantly embrace each other and welcome them into each other's houses.
0: Did you enjoy the breakfast or only when you were like a non, uh, a non uh, factor as a, as an underclassman, like me,
1: <laughs> I, 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 the breakfast never bothered me. I always liked it, but it was just, it, it was good because it occupied time because you were just thinking about the game. Like that 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 was the tough part about that one, two o'clock start. Like you started you started thinking about the game the second you got up. I would love a seven thirty kickoff Friday night. It was there before you knew it.
0: Yeah. So, you know, you wake up and you, you have that breakfast, and usually as a senior, y'all slept over at whoever's house was hosting that breakfast. So you wake up yeah. and then some of the underclassmen start getting dropped off and whatnot. And you have that meal and And then you, you drive up to, uh, the upper school and you head to the locker room, take that quiz that's taped to the, uh, top of your top of your locker, just to sort of double check everything, make sure schematically, you know, we're on the right page. You make sure those screws on those removable cleats are tightened down, Maybe make sure that the, uh, the game cleats are looking as clean as possible thigh boards, knee pads, tailbone, all that stuff's got to get transferred over from uh, the practice gear to the, uh, to the game. And, uh, and then at that point, you know, you got two quick maybe meetings with uh, the offense and defense, you go over ready groups in the wrestling room. And, uh, and then you walked and then you walk two by two down the road. And it was one of only two times during a week that you would not run that road. And uh, it was a quiet two-by-two walk, and the older kids were in front and the younger were in the back, and it was just a chance to, like, as a group, head to that field and get ready for uh, for what was about to take place over the next, you know, two, two-and-a-half, three hours.
1: The cool part, just like you brought up in the um, wrestling room when it was, like, the different groups would stand up, you know, kick return, you know, first offense and it was just kind of cool like you stood up and when you were on that team you stood up with pride when you were a sophomore on one of those special teams you stood up with pride like, that
0: was big wasn't it
1: yeah and there you are standing in front of you know all of your teammates letting them know like okay i'm on this team i'm gonna be there for you guys and then that silent walk was great
0: yeah it was so back to your your comment about uh, the ready groups and you know it's that feeling of sort of like making it right. Like all yeah. that, all that work. And depending on whether that's a sophomore year, you know, you, you see your name or, you know, you have to be more patient and it's junior year or maybe even senior year for some of the kids that have played within the program, uh, seeing it outside of uh coach's office on, on the board, you know, stapled up and you see your last name there. And then to hear, you know, to hear your ready group, whatever, uh, whatever it is, get called out and then to stand up. That's kind of cool. That's validation.
1: It just had such a cool feel to it. And just kind of that's when you started mentally. okay, now it's game time. Now, now I'm here for my teammates. Definitely. Then the, the walk down to the field was always great, too. Everybody in silence, you wanted to, like, let out that burst of, like, energy and scream but at the same time the thought was always okay start picturing yourself doing what you need to do start running through the play so you've already done it before once you've already thought about it
0: yeah and just uh, no talking it, it wasn't even it wasn't even allowed it was just quietly walking out led by the captains and hearing the cleats on the pavement or on the gravel road uh, until we turned the corner by the field house and got ready for first wave
1: and the cool thing was is both teams were in that little field house,
0: yeah, so, not much, I mean, not much would, of a wall between.
1: No, and when you would step out and you know the other team might be standing literally right next to you. yeah
0: it was a it was it was a size up your opponent mo- moment for yep. sure. yeah,
1: That's when everyone's trying to look through the other team and okay, yep, that, okay, you're the guy that I'm going against. All right, let's go
0: for sure. Good memories, man.
1: Yeah, I mean, just the little things like you still remember, you know, hearing Al McCracken's voice, you know, throughout the games. I I heard a Hardiman mention that. I'm like, oh wow, like I do remember that. Like, it was cool when you heard him like say your name. It's great. Stunk when he said someone else's name when it should have been yours. Like, wait, if that was my tackle.
0: (laughs) Yeah, James made a little uh, made a little reference to that uh, as a joke, you know. But that's a tough gig, man. I, I, yeah, couldn't I, ima- I couldn't imagine being the lone eyes up there trying to trying to spot out who made the tackle when there's a pile of eight or nine guys.
1: Yeah, when Hardiman said that, I'm like, gosh, like that really like rang true, and I can just imagine your dad hearing either one of us saying that. Like, why are you guys worried about the perfume? Just <laughs> just go out there and play.
0: Can't get too close to that perfume, Kev.
1: Exactly. <laughs> Got to stay. Got to stay
0: away from it. So, uh, so what are you up to these days?
1: Um, I'm in the automotive industry, um, general sales manager at Nick Mayer, uh, Westlake. So trying to sell Lincolns and move on. I've got, uh, two kids, 13 year old boy, 10 year old girl, and my wife, Kristen, who is, uh, stuck with me for all the years. (laughs) And what's interesting is living on the West side. So like Hawkins, not even really an option because I live in Olmstead Falls. So my kids go to St. Mary's of the Falls and Olmstead Falls. And my son is already planning on going to St. Ignatius. Um, No sports whatsoever. We've talked about potentially rugby and crew. But he's just he plays like on his school's basketball team and more there to play with his buddies. But because the school didn't have a football team, that's just kind of what he did.
0: And because he has your genes when it comes to basketball
1: exactly let, let, let's it, be
0: honest he's, he's not he's not blessed that way
1: no not whatsoever and it's funny when he plays I go look buddy just do me a favor just play hard defense and box <laughs> kids out yeah I go body I on not, someone yeah just put your elbow in someone's chest when you box them out I am not worried about you taking a shot
0: yeah man you got five it, you got five fouls out. to give you got five fouls to give <laughs> that's,
1: and that's the conversation that we have before every game it is so it is kind of different that you know like i was wrestling and playing football all throughout his is different and just the school that he went to didn't have the same options but he is open to playing rugby and he is open to playing or whatever i don't know if you say playing crew or doing crew and making sure he's staying physically fit throughout high school but yeah my daughter she's she's the player she's a good athlete
0: nice well good luck to both of them uh so what about uh what about your playing experience sort of still resonates or still sticks with you all these years later
1: so the biggest thing that sticks with me and i still bring this up in sales meetings all the time and I've, i blatantly steal this phrase from your dad either you get better or get worse he said it in football he said it during wrestling practices and I would say that to my sales staff, like all the time, like you guys can choose, like if you're feeling like you're doing nothing, no, you're really actually falling behind compared to the competition. You're either getting better or getting worse. And that, that's the biggest thing that stuck with me.
0: I love hearing about all the alums and how that phrase specifically, they incorporate it to parenting to their profession, whether they're in in teaching or whether they're in business or some uh, element of finance or whatever, that there is such a universal saying that there's a home for it anywhere.
1: Absolutely. It doesn't matter what segment you're in or whatever. It just holds true. If you just wake up every day understanding that, then it's just you understand it's a choice.
0: You're exactly right, Kevin. That's well put, you know, we learned it in the context, in the frame of football by way of being good young men. And then just further practicing it all these years later It's the easiest way That's to it. put it. Easiest way to put it. So Kevin, this was a, uh, a great conversation. Uh, you were, you were a great teammate and a lot of fun to, uh, to play on the same team as, and be a year below you. Um, I appreciate your time coming on and spending some moments reliving some, some fun memories and some ones that uh, weren't as fun at the time, but we can still talk about now and how, uh, how they made us who we are. And uh, I appreciate you taking this trip down to the river.
1: Thank you. I appreciate you taking the extra time to do this. I know you have a busy enough life as it is with kids and everything else and those girls running around, but I appreciate your dedication to and football.
0: Oh, thanks, Kevin, for the nice words. Appreciate it. Thanks, Aaron. Talk to you. Thanks for spending time with us today. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Tell a friend and spread the word. And until the next episode, like my dad always says, good night, Irene.